This is the Todd Wright Lightning Playoff Podcast. It's brought to you by Brandon Legal Group. Brandon Legal Group, proud supporters of the Todd Wright Tour, the Todd Wright Tour's next event, Todd Wright Tour XV. Our 15th event will be announced shortly for Wentworth Golf Club on July 28th. The first foursome bought for the event has been purchased by Brandon Legal Group. I really like these guys. Everyone I've come in contact with, at one point, I was even in some back room. We were going through buckets of office supplies and promotional items, just looking for koozies for a golf tournament, and everybody walking by. I mean, the atmosphere in there is really nice. It, it was just, and I was in, you know, I'm in somebody else's workspace. I felt very comfortable there. You're dealing with real people. So if you have a legal need or it's as simple as a legal question and you don't know where to turn, you don't need to think twice about where you make the first phone call. And you don't have to live or work in Brandon to call them. They serve the greater Tampa Bay area. Of course, they are based in Brandon. 844-4BLG-4ME. 844-4BLG-4ME. And if you're wondering, well, I have a question about estate planning, or I have a question about uh, DUI, or I have a question about this, they are a full-service law firm. So feel free to ask whatever question you have when you call Brandon Legal Group. And again, use me as an icebreaker if you're uncomfortable about making that initial call. It's fine. Say, yeah, um, I know you guys do stuff with Todd Wright's golf tournaments, and I listen to his podcasts. And just go from there; it's fine. Eight four 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 BLG for me, Brandon Legal Group. I thank them for their support of the uh, Todd Wright Lightning Playoff Podcast. Obviously, this is the last podcast we will do. Brandon Legal Group will now support me going forward on the Fantasy Football Podcast, and again on all the Todd Wright Tour golf tournaments. Um, For all the information on the golf tournaments, just go to the golf page on JoeBucksFan.com or visit JoeBucksFan.com forward slash golf or uh, just email me at ToddWrightGolf at gmail.com and say, hey, tell me about the next event at Wentworth on July 28th. Uh, Send me the information. Put me on your mailing list. Any of those will get it done. Before I I talk about uh, Game 7, the loss to the Capitals, the loss to the series, the end of the postseason, uh, just short of a trip to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, let me also thank the Tampa Bay Lightning from a media relations uh, standpoint, a management and administrative uh, standpoint. I just simply want to thank them for the access they gave me to the games, for the reserve seat they gave me in press areas for the games for the parking. They made it very easy for me to come to games, do what I needed to do to provide material for these podcasts. Is that their job? Yeah, but they do it very well. Um, They also didn't have to do some of the things that they did for me. And I'm sure there are other media members Uh, in Tampa Bay, or in Washington, or in Boston, or from New Jersey, who feel the same way. So I want to thank them for what they did for me. 
Otherwise, I could not do this podcast as well as I feel I have. So kind of from the top on down, Bill Wickett, Eric Blankenship, uh, Brian Breesman. I dealt with Brian Burns a lot. Brian and I have never actually met, and I dealt with Brian a lot via email on these requests. Brian, thank you. Uh, It was a pleasure working with you. And uh, I do hope to actually meet you in person, shake your hand, and thank you for what you did for me. Um, You know, yes, it's their job, but they do it well. And especially when you find out less than 48 hours in advance, you have a game seven, as Eric Blankenship talked about the other day on Drew Garabo Live. It's a lot of work. You get overwhelmed. You have to say no to some people sometimes, or you don't have a seat for them. Um, Everything I asked the Lightning for, I received. And uh, it helped me do this podcast. And I hadn't been a credentialed member of the media officially in seven years by choice because it's not what I do full time anymore. Most of you know that I play golf full time now. I live my life. Um, So thanks to the Tampa Bay Lightning, Wicket, Blankenship, Breesman, Burns, all the media relations people, um, the uh, the staff upstairs. Uh, those running the stats uh, down to us in the auxiliary press, 318, 319. Uh, job well done. Thank you very much for what you did for me and for a lot of media home and uh, visiting from other cities. Now, let's get to uh, some of what has many of you Lightning fans angry. Angry, frustrated, confused, um, not the result you wanted especially when it comes to the number that is going to be tough to escape attached to the 2018 playoffs, 159 plus minutes. The Lightning did not score in the last 159 plus minutes of the Eastern Conference Finals. That's tough to handle for a team that hadn't been shut out like that all year. Not in succession, not to that level. The Capitals scored the last nine goals unanswered of the series. The last nine. The final two in their rally to make Game 5 interesting. All three in Game 6 in D.C., all four in in game seven. Uh, You can break that down, and we are on the podcast. You can bullshit your way uh, around any of those goals you wish if you're a Lightning fan or slash homer. You can say, well, the the two goals they scored, they were already down 3-0. They weren't winning that game, so those don't count. Fine. Uh, Yeah, that empty netter uh, at the end of uh, game six, yeah, that doesn't count. And then that that bullshit empty netter at the end of game uh, seven, yeah, the game's already over. Fine. Um, the zero is what stands out. Okay. That's what stands out. No goals for the lightning of the last nine goals scored in the series. They had none of them. All right. John Cooper, basically when he switched the lines going into game three in DC was admitting, these are my top six forwards. These are my top six offensive guys. I'm going to put them all together. In the last three games of the series, those top six offensive guys had one goal combined. And it was Palat, who, for some reason, didn't shoot much. 
especially after he was switched onto the top line and then he was switched back to the line with Tyler Johnson and with um, Braden Point for Game 7, astutely predicted by one of the best hockey analysts in the business, Keith Jones, on NBCSN following the Game 6 loss. And it was Kalorn who was suddenly on the top line with Stamkos and Kucherov trying to win 50-50 pucks for check, go to the net, um, do the little things. Not Miller. It was Kalorn, who has sort of a knack for coming up big in, in situations like that, more so than Miller does, more so than some of the other grinders that were available to skate with uh, Kucherov and, uh, and Stamkos. Didn't work in uh, Game 7. And again, the last three games, your top six forwards, uh, Gord, no goals. Johnson, no goals. Point, no goals. Point played hard. He did. He's a tremendous talent. Braden Point and Andre Vasilevsky look like the face of this franchise for years to come. Beyond the Stamkos-Hedman era, Point, Vasilevsky. Any questions? Right? Those two guys. Um, We'll talk about Kucherov in a little bit. Uh, But no goals. You need goals. Uh, And as you get later in a series and whistles are less likely to be blown, uh, the Lightning weren't getting as many power play opportunities. They needed to score even strength. They weren't doing that. They weren't doing that even early in the series when they made it a series. Uh, As it, uh, you know, even strength goals were what? 8-3 through the first... uh, Two games, I believe, something to that effect, or carry over into three or four. A lot of material here. Um, So why didn't they score in the last 159 minutes of the series? Well, they didn't need to score any more goals late in game five, but the momentum clearly shifted in game five. Um, And it it was a warning sign that just because you won game five doesn't mean you win the series. The momentum shifted. The Caps dominated the last two periods. Uh, They made it. Alex Ovechkin single-handedly at the end of that game nearly sent it to overtime, and you know what would have happened. You know. You don't want to admit it. You know. Uh, Game six, Lightning were just overwhelmed. Overwhelmed in all aspects by a Capitals team that simply was like, are you kidding we finally make the conference finals. We beat the Penguins. We're going to go out like this. No, not happening. There were times where, and for those of you, if you're a real hockey fan, you know the movie Slapshot. There were times if you were watching shifts by Alexander Ovechkin in game six, it reminded you of the first shift the Hansen brothers took in a way, intensity-wise, uh, for the Charlestown Chiefs where there's a player on the Chiefs who says, God, save us. It's one of those. Just, you kind of just want to get out of his way. Um, That's what Ovechkin has not provided in the postseason for the Capitals his entire career. This year has been, is different. Um, And then game seven, there were plenty of loose pucks around the capital net 
especially in that second period. And none of them went in. The most notable one was the whiff by Yanni Gord. Two feet from uh, the goal line. Literally, he's skating in. All he's got to do is tap it. That's it. Just tap it. Whiff. Uh, But there were others. uh, Pucks where Braden Holtby didn't know where the puck was. Had no idea. The Caps either got to the puck before the Lightning did, or the Lightning simply weren't going to the net enough to capitalize on those other loose pucks. Yanni Gord was going to the net. He just whiffed. Um, The uh, Holtby does pitch the shutout. I think he played a good game. I don't think he played a great game. I still don't think he's better than Vasilevsky. Much as I said on VEASAN earlier this morning, as I call the Brent Musburger Vegas Stats and Information Network um, out of Vegas, you can hear it on Sirius XM. Looking ahead, they're asking me to handicap Vegas versus the Caps, and I'm sticking with the Caps to win the Cup, as I have said throughout this postseason. Um, sure, I get Vegas has the better goaltender. And Mark andre Fleury. The Lightning had the better goaltender in Andre Vasilevsky. Caps still won that series. Uh, you could argue the Caps didn't have the better, uh, that the Penguins had the better goaltender in, in Miller in the previous series. Caps won that series too. Goaltending goes a long way, right? I mean, players that have an impact on their team's fortunes. There are three positions that stand out to me in major team sports. A quarterback in football. The generational star, superstar player in basketball, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, my favorite growing up, Julius Irving, that's my favorite uh, growing up, Uh, Kobe Bryant, yes, I hate him, but Shaquille O'Neal, those guys obviously have a huge impact on their, on their team's fortunes. Uh, Tim Duncan would be in that group too. And then goaltenders, right? You think about teams that have won Stanley Cups, um, and you think of the great goaltenders um, that were the backbone of many of those Stanley Cup winning teams. And no Lightning fan will forget the play of Hobby Bullen. You know, they may bring up in order... Right When we talk about the skaters, they bring up Vinny and Marty, and then Richards, who was terrific in those playoffs. Uh, I always bring up Fedotenko. He had both goals in Game 7. I call him the, the final piece, because when Jay Feaster got Fedotenko, he felt, all right, we're ready now. We have everything we need to win. Um, but nobody forgets Hobby Bullen. And Hobby Bullen's play, and he was under contract for one more year. Uh, we have the uh, uh, we have the work stoppage slash lockout. Um, the Lightning don't play, and by the time the Lightning get back on the ice, uh, Hobby Bullen is traded away. So um, you can't ignore the goaltending element. Um, it goes a long way with Vegas winning the Western Conference. Um, but, uh, it's not all of it. The goaltender can only keep pucks out of his net. 
He doesn't score them. And even if he keeps, um, I'd say a solid game for a goalie in hockey, especially in the playoffs, is you give up two. Right, if you give up two, now granted, one can be a softy. Maybe they're both a little soft. One could be on the power play, but I think most of the time you take your chances if your goalie gave up two goals in any game. Um, that still means you need to score three. If he gives up one, you need to score two. If he gives up none, you still need to score one or you're still playing. Um, so again, I think the Lightning... And on, this is not on Andre Vasilevsky at all. I don't hear anybody blaming him, nor should anyone. Uh, I think the Lightning Net is in extremely good hands going forward. Um, Holtby made the saves he needed to make. Some very good saves, but at this level, you need to make those. Uh, but he had the down-low support many times of his uh, capital teammates Clearing loose pucks from around his net. The exception, of course, Yanni Gord. Um, that said, I do think the Caps were sloppy. Maybe they were able to get those pucks out of harm's way when Holtby didn't know where the puck was or was out of position. But then they didn't clear it cleanly. They had so many turnovers primarily in that second period and in some cases in the first period where uh, they were giving the puck up uh, right back to the lightning and the lightning got chances out of it and the lightning did nothing with it. I don't think it helped that the lightning sort of poked the bear twice in that game. What I mean by that was you had the big scrum. You rarely get fights in the playoffs, let alone a game seven. But everything that led up to the Tom Wilson, Braden Coburn brawl, Coburn simply overmatched in that, give him credit for just saying, sure, I'll go with you. Um, Wilson was going to take somebody uh, after what happened in the scrum. For Hedman to pull off Kuznetsov's jersey the way he did, for some of the other things the Lightning did in that scrum, you're poking the bear there. You don't want to give the Caps any more enthusiasm and incentive to play harder and angrier than they already are. I think that was very misguided uh, by the Lightning overall in that spot. I understand it's hockey and you have to hold your ground and you have to be tough. Some of those things were unnecessary, and I don't think you want to give your opponent any more incentive to beat you even more, because that's what the Caps were doing. And then the late board on uh, uh, that knocked Orpic out of the game temporarily, uh, another one. Don't, don't do it. Don't poke the bear in that situation. Just unnecessary incentive for the opponent. Um, let's talk about the lightnings, uh, as far as the, the, uh, the Ovechkin goal one minute in very bad from a very good player. There's nothing wrong with the goal, the timing of it. I know for as a lightning fan, you say it stinks. It's kind of like the, the quick goal, the fourth line got for the lightning in game five, right? In the opening minute Ovechkin's was 62 seconds in. Um, so then the lightning are chasing the lead. 
and they haven't scored a goal at that point in, let's see, 60, 99. They haven't scored a goal in 100 minutes at that point. So you start thinking, well, who's going to score for us? Suddenly, we haven't scored. Maybe you start thinking about it a little too much, or as they say in hockey, grabbing the stick a little too tight. Um, let's talk about, though, the Lightning defense defenseman. John Cooper said after the series against Boston that the Lightning, this Lightning team, and even the deadline deal to bring in McDonough help construct the Lightning to win a series like that against the Bruins. Okay, it worked. It worked very well. Um, This Lightning defense core didn't look constructed to beat a team like the Washington Capitals. Um, Even non-superstar names on the Capitals, I thought one of the better nights in Game 7 in terms of his shifts, was by Verona of the Caps. He came to play. He had terrific energy. Uh, He was skating freely with the puck, uh, putting the puck on net, making plays, nothing necessarily to show for it, but the Lightning defenseman couldn't keep up with him. If you can't keep up with Verona, how are you going to hold your own against Kuznetsov and Ovechkin? Um, and Backstrom, who's still not 100%, uh, I thought the Lightning's defense looked old and slow uh, against the Caps overall in the series. Hedman did not have a good series. He's one of the best defensemen in hockey. He did not have a good series. Dan Girardi had a bad play, much like Dmitry Orlov had a bad night in Game 5, and in a similar spot on the ice, Uh, Dan Girardi did on the first Burakovsky goal. And then the second Burakovsky goal, you're going to see something like that in a game seven where the team down is pushing, 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 pushing. You're going to get someone sneak out on an odd man rush, or in this case, one on none. That's going to happen in those situations. Vasilevsky couldn't make the save. And if you didn't think game was over by then, it was definitely over when Burakovsky scored to make it 3 nothing, um, Kucherov may be the last time you see him in a Lightning uniform. It may. I've got nothing hard and fast to go on. I thought about this as I was walking from the, uh, the channel side port garage into the arena last night behind all these 86 jerseys. Uh, Kucherov's deal is up in a year. At this point, I think it's fair to wonder if the Lightning can afford what his asking price will be. Uh, Just for that reason alone, it's a fair conversation on whether or not he will be here for the foreseeable future. Um, So if Steve Eiserman feels he cannot pay him, then what do you do? Now, they went down this road with Ben Bishop. And they played it out to the trade deadline and then sent Bishop uh, to the Los Angeles Kings. Bishop eventually signing as a free agent with the Dallas Stars. So Eiserman could go that route and basically keep Kucherov around um, until the trade deadline 
use him as much as possible, knowing Kucherov is playing for his next contract, and then send him somewhere in the Western Conference where he feels he will not see him um, for the remainder of that season or in the postseason, right? Because then he'd only see him potentially in the Stanley Cup Finals. So he could go that route, or he could proactively make a move and also send a message to the room that bad games and maybe there were just times where Kucherov looked out of it on shifts or in games. That's not good when the stakes are so high, especially for a very talented player. Um, There are some around the team who just feel that Kucherov wants to be the number one guy. And when the Lightning kept Stamkos, that Kucherov kind of took that as, I'm not going to be the number one guy here. Um, You don't get it as uh, exaggerated in hockey with hockey players as you do, say, in uh, football or in the NBA. But this feels like that, where Kucherov kind of wants to be somewhere where he's clearly the star of the team, the number one guy on offense, and nobody questions that. So Iserman has a decision to make. He could move him this offseason in exchange for a defenseman. If he can get a talented defenseman, granted a young one, uh, in Sergachev, for a young scorer who has an attitude that you don't like in Drouin, you can get more for Kucherov, uh, either from A, a team that next year really, really, really wants to win the Cup and go all in, kind of an L.A. Rams-type team. I don't know who that would be. Um, it'd be a team with the window closing in the West, like a Nashville Um a San Jose, um, a team that's like, well, we probably can't afford him in a year, but let's just go get him for one year and let's let it play out. Um, so a San Jose or a Nashville would make sense in that situation. If it's a team that's like, yeah, we need an offensive superstar, um, 30 plus goal score, uh, potential heart trophy, uh, candidate. Uh, we need that number one scorer. We we have some other things in place. We don't have that, and that'll put us over the top. I don't know who that team is. I'm not going to say it's Winnipeg because Winnipeg has a lot of young, talented scorers. And again, I'm only thinking Western Conference here. Um, is it LA? I mean, we talked about the Kings before with the Bishop trade. Um, yeah, he'd be the top guy in LA. Um, and they might be about ready to hit the reset button. Um, it's now been six years since the Kings last won a cup, a few years since they've been in the cup finals. Um, and clearly there are some open lines of communication on big deals between Los Angeles and Tampa Bay based on the Bishop trade at the deadline a couple years ago. So just keep an eye on the Kucherov situation uh, for a lot of reasons, because uh, something has to happen there in the next year. It just does, and I think there's a lot of reason to believe something will happen there 
uh, based on recent events and the fact that right now the Lightning can't afford him. They just cannot afford him uh, at the price tag he will ask. Um, so looking ahead to the uh, Stanley Cup final between the Capitals and the Knights, I still like the Caps as I did before the season began. Uh, Vegas, I like Vegas to get to the conference finals. They impressed me by defeating Winnipeg. Uh, playing Winnipeg and playing the Capitals, some similarities, but I see a lot of differences as well. Um, again, I think the Caps, once they beat the Penguins, were set up for success, playing with house money over the hump. Uh, not saying it's been easy for them or it will be easy for them, but I think they have the look and vibe and roster of a Stanley Cup final champion. Uh, the Vegas story has been outstanding. Uh, I don't see Vegas going quietly at all, especially with Marc-Andre Fleury in net. But again, as we just saw with the Lightning Capital Series, just because you have the better goaltender doesn't mean you beat the Washington Capitals. It doesn't mean you win the series in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Maybe earlier in the earlier rounds, maybe not so much in the later rounds. Uh, there are only three players who can win the Conn Smythe for playoff MVP. It's pretty simple to me. If, Mar if, the, if Vegas wins the Cup, Marc-Andre Fleury will win it. If Washington wins the Cup, Ovechkin will probably win it. I could make the case that if Washington wins the Cup, Marc-Andre Fleury gets Conn Smythe. It's not unprecedented in hockey. It last happened with J.S. Chaguer uh, in a loss to the for the Ducks to the Devils. But there's going to be a lot of feeling that Ovechkin is worthy of it if the Caps win the Cup. I don't see it going the other way, by the way. If Vegas wins the Cup, I think Fleury gets the Conn Smythe, not Ovechkin. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the easy call. I think the only other player who is in the Conn Smythe consideration is Jonathan Marcheseau. If Marcheseau has... A big offensive series and Vegas wins the cup. Uh, let's say the games are high scoring. I think there will be votes for Mark Chisot. Perhaps it will be a split vote and Mark Chisot and Mark Andre Fleury will split the Con Smythe. I don't know if that's unprecedented. Uh, but Jonathan Mark Chisot was a player that the Lightning should not have let get away. There is no reason, no reason they should have let him get away. Um, instead of people giving reasons, excuses, or blaming the Panthers. No, this isn't about the Panthers, uh, who clearly made a mistake by saying to Vegas, here, take Riley Smith, and you know what? If you take Riley Smith so we can protect all these Russian players, uh, we'll give you this Jonathan Marchessault, and we'll give you, a, I think it was a fourth-round draft pick. Okay, that's a horrible move by a horrible franchise in the Florida Panthers. Uh, South Florida doesn't want the Panthers. The league just wants the South Florida market. That's all. That's why that team is stuck there. Um, because the league wants the market. It doesn't matter how the team does. The league just wants a team in South Florida for uh, the look of the league to sell that national advertising for youth hockey purposes, that there are some kids in South Florida who will play hockey because they actually have a team down there. That's it. Um, but this isn't about the Panther mistake. 
don't give me that. That's often a political argument. When you bring up a legitimate question and someone says, well, what about this instead? No, 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 not going there. The Lightning organization did not properly evaluate the skill set and potential of Jonathan Marcheseau and or did not like his attitude and felt it wouldn't fit the room. Well, it clearly fits the Vegas room. He is as much of a reason that Vegas is in the cup final as anyone other than Marc-Andre Fleury. Right up there with the coach, uh, other players, and it bothers me that terrific Lightning alums like Brian Bradley say about Jonathan Marcheseau, nah, that's not a mistake by the Lightning. At best, he'd be a fourth liner here. Uh, I'm sorry. Jonathan Marcheseau just had back-to-back two-goal games in the conference finals. John Cooper's top six forwards the last three games of his own conference final scored one goal combined. So, Brian, you might want to rethink that, and the rest of you need to rethink that. Just admit Lightning made a mistake, just like Florida did, evaluating the skill set and attitude of Jonathan Marcheseau. And now they watch him play for a Stanley Cup. Again, my thanks to Brandon Legal Group, 844-4BLG for me, 844-4BLG for me. You'll hear me talk about them on the Fantasy Football Podcast going forward. Full service law firm, call for a free consult. If you have any legal questions, any legal needs, just make the phone call and ask. 844-4BLG for me, Brandon Legal Group. I have them as uh, I'm proud to have them as supporters of the Todd Wright Tour and all my golf tournaments. Uh, I thank again the Tampa Bay Lightning media relations communications staff uh, for what they did for me, for the access they gave me during these Stanley Cup playoffs to help me put together these Lightning playoff podcasts. Thanks to all of you for subscribing and downloading these podcasts. Uh, between this podcast and the Tom Lang Lightning podcast. I would imagine there will be more lightning coverage in the future uh, on this website, on JoeBucksFan.com. So look for that, and I'll be happy to be a part of it if you guys want me to be a part of it, and uh, JoeBucksFan.com wants me to be a part of it. We'll see you on the Fantasy Football Podcast once per week until we get to about mid-July or so, and then we'll start ramping up two per week or more, getting you ready for your season-long drafts. Uh, so look for the Todd Wright Fantasy Football Podcast going forward for those of you that enjoy playing fantasy football, enjoy football or fantasy sports. All right. Thank you again for listening to the uh, Todd Wright Lightning Playoff Podcast. I've enjoyed doing it for you. Take care.